0: Hey guys, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to share some really, really exciting news with you. We've just launched our newest show officially on the Founder Podcast Network. It's called From Zero to Founder. And as you know, on this podcast, we interview some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation. However, in this new series, we're doing things a little differently. We're working with actual students in our community who have done some of our paid programs who are in deep within the process of building their very own successful business these are the founders of tomorrow who have stood where you are or where you might want to go in the next year or two And they're on their way to building the business of their dreams. This podcast is hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn, and we're showcasing some truly incredible stories, which I know I've heard from you guys. You want to hear from more founders that are in the trenches, from everyday people like you or I. So go check out From Zero to Founder on all major podcast platforms. We'll also leave a link in the bio of all of our show notes. All right, that's it from me. Now let's jump into the show. I hope you enjoy this episode. This is episode number 349 with Havanis Ovoyan of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 Now, the Founder Podcast, even the
1: greatest entrepreneurs had help.
0: What's going on guys? Nathan Chan here, CM Publisher of Founder Magazine. Welcome back to another episode. Today's guest, his name is Havanis Avoyan, and he's the founder of a company called PixArt. They have over a billion downloads and uh, over 150 million monthly active users. Kim Kardashian, they've done some promotion and work with, with her. It's crazy. Like This is a next level software and He's sold over five different companies. Like he's built and sold over five different companies. Uh, Incredible founder. You're going to learn a ton. One thing that's really, really interesting about Havanis is just the way that he approaches growth. And uh, it's really, really fascinating. I think you're going to learn a ton from this interview. All right, that's it from me, guys. If you are enjoying these episodes, please do take the time to leave us a review, and uh, now jump in the shot. The first question that I ask uh, everyone that comes on is, uh, how did you get your job?
1: That's a good question. I don't see it as a job. It's a, more, uh, 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 it's, it's a part job, part life uh, for me. Pixar is a part of my life, it's not a job. I don't see it as a job uh, anymore. So it started, you know, 11, 10 years ago. And, uh, before PixArt, I, you know, built several other companies and sold them. Uh, so PixArt is my fifth company. Uh, and most of the companies, because before Pixar I start as a business because I want to build a product or technology to solve people's problem. And this time I start solving my own problem my own family problem, so to say. Uh, So what's happened is, you know, the story is, you know, I was, uh, uh, you know, uh, selling one of my previous companies and, you know, walk home and see my daughter crying and she was 10 years old. And what's happened that she shared one of her pictures, drawings uh, on, on the internet and get pretty nasty, bad comments. People were criticizing her work. And she was pretty uh, you know, uh, shocked and I was, she, was, she lost her confidence uh, and was questioning if I'm, if, is it really that bad or why people are really criticizing my work. And as a father, I feel like a pain and uh, I want to create an encouragement for her not to give up and stay, uh, stay, you know, creative and, uh, you know, do the, this artist work. Because I have my own, you know, own story. I kind of like a missed this opportunity. When I didn't get enough encouragement when I was 14. And I applied to art school and got rejected. So I don't want her to be in the same kind of situation. So I was thinking, you know, what kind of father can do. And, uh, and uh, an entrepreneur, father will build a company around that, right? So <laughs> for my response to the build a co- a product, which, you know, allows, uh, you know, people like her, not to be creative and not only create on the go using the device which is uh, always with you, but also you know, be in a positive environment when you know you talk with other, uh, you talk with other uh, creatives, it's people similar like you. You get encouragement, you get inspiration, and you share with other people. So it's kind of like a you know a community when you not only create but also you're. You share as you create, and it's a it's an important part of the of the uh, mission we are on. So that's why I see it's more like a job. I see it's more like a mission for me, and you know, building a product <clears throat> which helping people, especially the new new uh, artists, to gain more confidence and gain more skills, and ultimately build the inner confidence to. Uh, to call themselves uh, creators or artists, so that's that's, that's uh, how it started, and I really enjoy every minute of this of this uh, mission.
0: From research here, it says you have over 150 million users. So, when did you start uh, Pixar?
1: Yeah, the Pixar started 11 years. Uh, uh, sorry, 2011, uh, 2012, uh, to be precise. So 2000, early, you know, late 2011, but more, you know, more correct, 2012, when it started, we went to the first version of product launched around that time. Uh, and yeah, so it's uh, nine years or, or eight
0: years. Wow. And I'm curious, um, you started five companies before all ex- all successful acquisitions one of them, TeamViewer, like, uh, that's a... No, that,
1: TeamViewer acquired my company. It's not my company. TeamViewer acquired, I sold to TeamViewer.
0: Ah, got you. So you sold to TeamViewer. So so you, um, I'm curious, when you created PixArts, like you, you said that you're solving your daughter's problem, but how did you know that, 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 you know, you could turn this into a viable business model?
1: You know, I mean, when you are solving, uh, you know, uh, your problem or your uh, problem for people you know, and I know that my daughter is not, she's not alone, <clears throat> I think it's, she's not unique. Uh, there are, you know, many people like her uh, and this uh, new generation of people which born with mobile and, and, and cameras in their hand. they. It's a, it's a, it's very uh, uh, you know common for people to tell their visual story, uh, and uh, and I really realize it's a really like a huge market and it's huge. Uh, there's a huge need for that kind of things. Uh, if we uh, have the same this problem in our family, I believe there are other fathers or uh, you know our parents that you know feel the same pain and they want their kids to be creative and they want their their kids to be uh designers photographers uh, artists so that's uh, you know it's, uh, it's it's a very uh, common and universal need and that's gives my confidence that you know we are on something and then we see you a you know initial traction when we launch uh, the you know products and we see you know the, how quickly we start gaining our users and how loyal well these users became over years that gives us even more confidence
0: Mm, I see. And uh, when it comes to, I guess, uh, you know, the future of social media, um, like, where do you see it going, And artificial intelligence?
1: Yeah, I mean, we didn't think about Pixar as a social media platform. Uh, we are more like a creation platform. Uh, we do have a social element. We do have a community and content created by our users but uh it's it's all about uh, you know how we can empower users to create how we can empower everyone to create how we can lower barriers to entry uh, for everyone and the ai is playing a very important role here the ai is an enabler it's a kind of making uh, the creativity much easier because it's automatic it's it's a replacing a technique you don't need to have a, you know you don't never like spent you know years to learn different techniques because AI can really do this kind of things for you. But, but now you can play your, your, with your imagination and you can create a you know, new uh, design without, you know, even uh, skills for like without drawing skills or painting skills. But with the AI, with all these things, your your design may look, you know, some, something which, well, as, as it was done by a a professional artist or or designer, and we can even like you know make your photo to look like a Van Gogh uh, uh, painting by using AI AI tools. So this is a things which enabling people to express themselves and don't be uh, scared of, of lacking the skills or lacking the technique of the of, of this visual creation.
0: Yeah, I see, and. Um... When it comes to your user base, um, 150 million active influ- uh, active users every month—that's a lot. Like, what has been the key to to growing that size user base?
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, you need to build a good product, of course, uh, and the product which people love and use uh, on almost on a daily basis. So you know, it's so it's a important not only just to bring new users to product, but also retain these users. So uh, you know, make a product which really retains it's sticky. It's a, it's it's require. You know, it's a, it's a daily used product. It's not just you know one funny filter you make and that you know, bring lots of users and tomorrow they stop uh, using their product and go somewhere else. It's not only just bringing new users, but also keeping these users. So it's retaining these users, and that's why you you provide you should provide enough deepness into the depth, depth in the app so people can find even new things and uh, a even if they use product for a very long period of time, they still you know, can find new features, new tools, new interesting use case they never thought. Uh, and second uh, uh, thing is you know, the network effect we are creating within the app. So because of, uh, of the community element and the, and the content created by our community, uh, users are coming to Pixar not just because of tools, but also because of the community and because of the content they they can find only within Pixar and use this content to create their own design. Uh, so, and that created viral kind of uh, you know loop when people start bringing their friends and and families to to Pixar, and the word of mouth is a, is a big driver for our growth. Or most of our, stores you know, are happening organically. We are not really paying or doing any paid marketing to get these users.
0: You talk about paid marketing. Um, Kim Kardashian is one of your main influencers that you work with. I wouldn't call it
1: main influencers, and she's probably one of the biggest influencers. Yes, but if she haven't call her big, you know, uh, the, the main influencer, uh, we see, you know, we are working with many influencers and micro influencers, and and there's, even even more efficient you know in the long run because you know uh, the with working with you know you know one big celebrity you can create a spike but it's uh it's uh it's in our scale it doesn't make huge difference. Uh, when you are small it makes different big difference but we're already big and it's uh it's not something which creates a huge spike you know, kind of spike for us. Uh, so it's it's more like you know working across different channels, like a more uh you know uh, sometimes it's more efficient to work with many micro influencers or a mid-level influencers than with one big celebrity. Uh, of course, that doesn't harm to work with the big celebrities, of course. But we, I see it's uh, you know for our marketing it's better to really think about scale, not a single spike.
0: Hmm, interesting. So, like, how many influencers do you work with?
1: Well, it's hard to say, but I would say you know, there are you know, probably in thousands. Uh, and, you know, and you know, we have a you know like a thousand also influencers within Pixar we are working with. I mean, we called the VIP program before. Now we are changing it. So we have a thousand influencers within Pixar, which have already have like a influence uh, within Pixar. They have following, etc., and we're working with them as a part of our community efforts. But we are we're working with other you know other influencers in other you know in countries with different countries. We have different influencers, you know, and. Uh, you, know, it, you know, in many cases, we are not take really anyone. I mean, we do either collaborations or partnerships, and now we cross promote. We, you know, we do uh, joint actions or something. And most of the influencers, i do this organically because they love our product and they just spread the word uh, uh, without, you know, being financially rewarded with the, our relationships.
0: Yeah, wow, that's interesting. Um... So you, you said you'd be working with thousands or, um, you know, over a thousand. Yeah, it, it is not often, like, would you guys consider yourself, yeah, like, you guys are a tech product, right? Like, you wouldn't consider, yeah, like, it's not often. Usually, influencers are best used when from a, you know, a direct-to-consumer physical product brand. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to hear, like, you know, usually when it comes to software, people don't really use influencers that much.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are, you know, big category of influencers, which are providing uh, tutorials. And tutorials about, okay, how to use, for example, Pixar to create a sticker, or how to make, you know, uh, whatever, uh, you know, dipping effect on, on, on Pixar, or or some trendy stuff. And you know, and then it, they can even create a like a viral campaign around a certain feature or or uh, trend. So they on TikTok we have many influencers which are sharing tutorials about how to do this with Pixar, how to create a logo with Pixar, how to create a business card with Pixar, how to create a greeting card, how to create a selfie effect, how to create a sketch with Pixar. So, there's like, you know, so you can go and see in TikTok, we have like millions of, you know, uh, people, like you know, followers on, on our account, but also hashtag Pixar has millions of millions of views. And there are millions of millions, you know, uh, you kind know, of, uh, you know, people are really looking and using this content and, and creating this content. The same with YouTube. In YouTube, also, there are lots of content created by our users with millions of views about how to do this. Cool things using Pixar. So that's uh, uh, that's kind of things very organic, and typically you know, we know we're we're discovering you know suddenly like one you know another influencer is using Pixar, and she posting uh, her uh, uh, tutorial, uh, and then we approaching here and uh, you know offering some collaboration things like that. But as I said, it's it's very organic. It's not really like going us after them and paying them. Because they also using PixArt for, for their, you know, posts. You know, many of them using PixArt for their posts. So basically, they already know the product. It's not like a, like a random software nobody uses. I mean, it's one kind of the software, you know, influencers use uh, more and more these days to create very attractive videos or pictures for their Instagram or TikTok or other accounts.
0: Yep, yep, I see. So it sounds like one of the biggest drivers the number one driver for growth and the you know the user base is the network effects and just building a really really great product that's inherently quite shareable so if we delve a bit deeper like you know a lot of people that would be listening watching they want to build a great product like they want to they want to build something that people care about they want to build a product that solves a really strong problem uh, you know, what did the first year of product development look like for PixArt? Has the product changed a lot and evolved over time, or did you get lucky, or what did that look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, uh, you know, when you start building product, I mean, building good product is not enough. You need, you need to figure out how you, what could, what's your channel, how you are going to get your users, and how you can get your users at scale. Uh, and, and often you, know, you should think about what kind of unfair advantage you can gain one way or another. It could be unfair advantage of access to technology, like nobody can have this technology, or access to the channel, uh, which you know, nobody can get the same access like you. So finding the unfair advantage is an important part of building startup. Uh, for us, I can just give you an example of how we started and one of the growth hacks we have when we started, you know, in you know, in early uh, you know, 2010, 11, 12, you know, so it's still it's still it's still, it's, it's, it's still true today. I mean, most of developers think iPhone first, and they start building something for iPhone, uh, and kind of ignoring Android, uh, and you end up into like tough competition on, on on iPhone, and kind of like Android is like a like a leftover place when people really like just. Uh, do if they have a kind of like resources. If they don't, they don't, they did really not care about Android. So we started Android uh, first, and you know, and for first couple of years we have only been doing Android. Uh, for other reasons as well. I mean, not necessarily just the be just different, but it gives us an advantage of being strong in a market where not, not that many competitors existed at that days, and uh, and. Uh, also, you know we, we also implement certain growth hacking techniques because of exploring you know, uh, early opportunities in the, in the platform for example you know fix, you know uh, Android has a feature called recent apps they, uh, it existed you know back you know the, at that time but not now so they kind of closed this loop so it, they posted it you other know, apps, uh which are just recently launched or the updated and we figure out if we launch our, our update at uh, Friday midnight we'll get on top of the chart and we'll stay there for at least a week so we kind of created a rule to have a, uh, a release every week at midnight and uh, and just get to the top of this chart and get lots of free users and it is created another effect uh, uh, so we, you know, we really were working hard, and staying even like 24 hours you know, working to, to make this deadline. But with this cadence, we create an expectations with our users. So our users start expecting what is happening uh, like next week. Every week, we just give them another you know, enhancement or tool or feature. So basically, they start expecting what is next, and that creates another loyalty. So you know, people you know start you know uh, becoming more loyal to our app. They start using it more frequently, and then I'll start being, inviting our, their friends to use the app as well. So that's you know helps us to you know get initial traction on Android. And when we switch to our iPhone, then the app growth was much more, much much faster because you know. You know there are you know people in family using you know, so you know half iPhone and Android and or or people switching from Android to iPhone. So we were actually you know we could bring this you know the growth also to iPhone just using Android as a as a base. So that was really like a you know good good strategy for us. And and and, and if you are really building a startup, you can think about how you can find this kind of unfair advantage one way or another to do something differently than the rest of the market or in the rest of the competition.
0: Yeah, I see. And that that was some great advice. So you guys have raised over 45 million in uh, uh, venture capital?
1: Yeah, I mean a little bit more than that, but yes,
0: plus minus. When did you raise your first round?
1: Yeah, we released the first round in two thousand fifteen, and it uh, was Sequoia. Our, our first and uh, main investor is Sequoia, uh, and this is uh, one of the best investors I had. Uh, we get a uh, you know, tremendous value from this company, from this firm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's more than money. I mean, the, we get. First of all, we you know we're Sharing our numbers to the press, and nobody was believing our numbers. You know, we were a known company at that time, and you know, we already have a significant growth, but nobody was believing us. But when we got to Sequoia as an investor, investor, it was kind of like a you know, proof, uh, uh, like a stamp of proof of of our success, and then we instantly get more interest from both. Uh, um, journalists, other investors, uh, you know, partners, etc. So that was a very important, important you know, milestone for us. But you know, moving forward, I think the quality of partners, the quality of advice, uh, the 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 atmosphere, the 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 very profounder uh, you know, folks culture of the of the firm is really like you know, helping to to grow and mature as an organization. So yeah, I was very lucky uh, to get Sequoia as my first investor at Pickstart.
0: Yeah, wow, awesome. And uh when it comes to raising capital, um if you had previously five exits uh beforehand, um, I'm curious why not self fund?
1: Oh we do self funding. I mean we you know we you know, we started, you know, we raised uh from uh Sequoia when we were even profitable. So you know, we I know we you know self-farm, we boosted up the company for uh three or four years before we get Sequoia, And we were already profitable and we were on a positive growth trajectory. And that's why we were, you know, we were not raising money, uh, but we were so my my goal was to get like a quality partner, not just an investor. And that's why the bar was pretty high, and we that's why we get uh, uh, you know, only talk, you know, we only talk with tier one investors at that stage. And as soon as they get a the sequoia, I don't even really like discuss the friendship because I really that was my goal to get sequoia on, on my board. So uh, that was the goal. Uh, and,
0: and as I said, it was more than money. Yep, I see. So it's more around advice, access to networks, access to, yeah, like, um, I guess, playing at a whole nother level and a, a form of validity of of the product and the growth and stuff like that, right?
1: Right. And now, you know, I mean, when Sequoia is investing, they are sending signals. So they are sending signals that they believe this company is going to be a billion dollar company and behind. So then everybody understands it, take it seriously. Uh, so you know, basically, it's just helping us to you know, to get more uh, reputation and uh, and influence, you know, influence and and it uh, helps me with many many negotiations and, and talks.
0: Yeah, I see. And um, you guys have offices in over five countries. Where are your offices?
1: Yeah, we have uh, you know offices in Europe, and we have offices in San Francisco. I mean, at our headquarters in San Francisco, where I'm located now. Uh, we have yeah uh significant you know, business management here but also we have office in beijing china we
0: have office in tokyo i see and i'm always curious like uh how come you set up offices uh in certain locations was that because of talent was that because of you need people on the ground like uh yeah i would think company like pixar you could run just out of san Fran, right no,
1: yes, absolutely. Especially these days with the COVID, are uh, in uh, everybody is remote. Yeah, you know, our people are remote these days, so it doesn't really matter where they are. Often they have a good connection and they are in a good time zone. Uh, so, you know, so that really changed our hiring uh, uh, process. So we start looking uh, globally. Uh, still, you know, interested to find people in a similar time zones because time zone could be a big issue. Uh, but uh, but locations became less and less important. Uh, so we do, you know, you know, we, we just hire a very senior person in in Scotland, uh, and maybe we can build a, some office there if we can find talent. So we actually hire talent where we have we can find the talent. Uh, it's uh, less about the location uh, and it's more about where we can find the talent Enough. the you know we, we, need, we need to you know, keep growing, we need to hire more engineers, we need to have more AI people, we need to have more uh, product people, design, content, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, so that's why you know, we are looking for more opportunities to expand in different locations. Oh, and also doing the aqua hiring too. I mean, also acquiring or aqua hiring the other other companies. We did a small aqua you know, hiring, but not aqua hiring. It was acquiring, acquisition. But yeah, so we're looking more for more of this.
0: I'd love to understand, like, uh, when it when it come to I guess building the first version, the MVP of the PixArt product. How big was the team? What did the founding team look like? What was the structure? What did, you know, how did you know you were onto something in the early days?
1: Yeah, I mean, we kind of were not big, uh, not small. I mean, kind of maybe the, the initial group were maybe roughly five to seven people. We were being, doing other things, not just, you know, the big when we started. So we were also trying to do other apps. Uh, uh and uh so yeah, i think he and i believe that group was like seventh uh, maybe then it became 10 1200 just keep growing and now we have 600
0: yeah crazy so there was about seven people mainly developers
1: yeah it was mainly developers at that time so we don't have even like a you know like a, even graphic designer or we maybe we find some ultimately but Initially, it was like a maybe part-time designer, and and mostly engineers. So like you know, all, only developers uh, and no product management, no
0: marketing, purely engineering. And we still in a very much an you know, engineering-driven company. And then, what is your skill set? What is your superpower? Yeah, you'll be
1: laughing, but you know, I was doing you know AI PhD back in nineties. Uh, and I dropped my PhD uh, and I start my, my you know joined the, the the startup at that time. But uh, you know, it was you know interesting experience doing AI on a on a mainframe, which is a big big computer, like a uh, the size of the computer was like the size of three bedroom apartment, uh, uh, and uh, and the processing power maybe it was less than my refrigerator i have today and <laughs> so or, or or whatever whatever i mean the stupid device you have probably the, the the device this device probably or your toy you have for your you know whatever i mean the so it's like the, we have a, like the the storage was like 10 megabytes it was like size of this this big this this the uh, the 10 megabyte storage, which can only keep maybe two or three images of uh, today's, uh, you know, uh, iPhones. So you know, with uh, challenging with all these you know, hardware and storage limitations, I mean, we were trying, we were trying to do AI, and we were. Well, my project was, you know, like to to teach computers play chess, and you know, obviously we failed, and uh, and for years uh, it's uh, it was a uh, it was considered like a that science kind of or kind of like purely academician, academical kind of uh, research without without any practical implementation, almost like ancient languages kind of research. <laughs> so uh, and, uh, and for four years, it was a kind of like, a, you know, very unpopular uh, uh, thing. And, you know, like the last five, five years, it's a renaissance of AI. It's everything is AI these days. If you want to impress someone, you say AI. You know, it's a, you, know, P, you know, students go to AI. They want to do AI project. They want to do machine learning, deep learning, uh, these kind of things. So it's out of sudden, it's uh, became from a like completely dead science to the hottest uh, thing uh, now. And the, the reason is because, because the, the the hardware and the, the CPUs and the storage to reach to, reach to the level when it's made very practical. And it's, uh, today you can, you can build you know, an important you know, features and put in a device like this and it you know, works uh, like a charm. Uh, you don't need to have uh, even like big computers to do this kind of thing. So, you know, this is a, this is a revolutionary. and truly revolutionary. And uh, my background in AI really helps me to understand, uh, you know, how we can use this technology, what else we can do to keep the leading edge in terms of AI and AI research.
0: Yeah, I see. So, so your passion for machine learning, deep learning, uh, that is one of the unfair advantages you guys have. And it allows you to stay on the cutting edge.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. I love uh, I love research because I was coming from research and and research gave me a lot of you know uh, skills for which were useful for my startups and entrepreneurship, especially like doing the all the experimental things. and uh, we do a lot of experimental things in startups as well. So I feel almost like a researcher. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, absolutely. So the love for of, of the AI and and uh, and building uh, this important skills and know-how within Pixar is uh, one of our core uh,
0: differentiators. I see. And do you do you still code Python?
1: No, unfortunately, no. I just do a couple of times in JavaScript. Uh, you know, I started I started. You know, the, I start programming on languages nobody using these days. Uh, you know, my first language was you know named uh, PL1. I don't think people even heard about this language. Uh, it's, it was popular for for you know some period of time, but it's gone. And then you know we, we do we do some assembler as well. So you know my early days. I do some programming. The prologue is AI uh, language. It's not well-known uh, language anymore. It used to be. So, you know, the, the, the things really changed over the you know, past 20, 25 years.
0: So you're off the tools, really?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes, I cannot, I cannot spend any time on engineering. I love to. I mean, I really enjoy I really... I have a passion of building something myself unfortunately i mean uh, uh unfortunately, i spend my time on a bigger thing and you know, a leading group of engineers but you know my engineering background is still an important uh part of uh, why we're succeeding because i can understand technology and i can understand and you know, how and i can, I can appreciate what people are doing and uh, how we can build a competitive advantage on technology side.
0: Mm, I see. And do you have a co-founder or co-founders? Yeah, I do have co-founders, yes. Yes,
1: I work with them uh, and with my previous companies as well. Um, And they actually were my former students. uh, And I I used to lecture at the universities as well. Not anymore, uh, but you know, there were my some of them were my former students. Many people in the company there are also some of my um, are also my former students.
0: But when it comes to the leadership, you're leading the engineering team, and you're the CEO.
1: Yes, I'm leading, and I wouldn't say I'm leading the engineering team anymore, but I'm leading the product team. I'm the product team more because. I really like 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 to think about product, uh, you know, like features, etc. I'm a uh, addicted user of PixArt. I'm using PixArt every day, and, and as a user, I, I I really see which features are needed, which features are important, and that's really helps uh, you know to uh, to be at a position when you understand your user. And I would say many. Pixar engineers and product people also are Pixar users. uh, And they're using Pixar uh, regularly. So, basically, that's also important for them to understand why they are doing what they are doing and what is important to the user. And by the way, I should mention, you know, like 50% more than 50% of our Pixar stuff are female. And even in engineering, we have about 30% female, which is pretty
0: unusual. Why is this?
1: You know, I mean, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, just organically happen. Uh, we do, uh, especially in Europe, we have a uh, more female uh, uh, engineers, and uh, and that's really helps to. Because I mean, also in our product, we have more female, uh, you know, because they are also using, using more and, and deeper our product. So this is also helps to have a more. Affinity with our you know users and uh, and uh, you know, better understand their uh, needs and the psychology and uh, and uh, value we provide to them. So that's that's kind of you know uh, it's very organic. I mean we have a uh, you know many you know female engineers managers on all, all levels.
0: Yeah, I see. Interesting, and so you're like product visionary uh, when it comes to like the product how often do you speak to customers
1: yeah we have a user research group where they you know speak regularly and they run like surveys and they speak directly we have a community management we are they also work talking with our best users and the influencers uh, so we have a different you know groups we have a customer support group, which also, you know, working with our users on a regular basis, you know, but especially dealing with complaints and issues. Uh, yeah, and also we are looking at our data all the time. It's another, you know, source of our, you know, understanding. Uh, so we have a pretty significant analytics. We are, you know, generating billions of events every day, uh, and we have a huge database, which. Help us to understand, you know, what people are doing and how they're using our product, and what we can do to make their experience even better for our
0: fixer. For, for yeah, I see. And then using all of that collectively, that's how. And and you being a power user of the tool yourself, that's how you inform product roadmap.
1: Right. Right, yeah. so we have multiple sources of the, for, for ideas and ideation. Uh, we do speak with, with our customers and users. We use our product and ourselves, so, and we have also strategic vision of what we want to do in the long run. And we're looking at our data to find all the friction points uh, for, for users. Uh, yes, and looking for you know, a, a, a competing product as well. I mean, that's another source for uh, uh, good ideas and, and uh, some inspiration. So yes, we do this, and then ultimately we put these uh, ideas into discussion with a larger group. We run, uh, we, we ask our users, and then prioritize based on the uh, what we heard, what we see, what we analyze. And even if we you know, cannot run uh, like full scale, we run like MVP uh, or test uh, the, with the different smaller scale uh, features to see if the hypotheses are right. And then if you see there's a good signal that this is a strong a strong need for something, then we put more and more forces behind this particular feature.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Interesting. Awesome. So look, we have to work towards wrapping up, mindful of your time. Um, but was there any kind of final words of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience around, I guess, building successful startups? You've done it five, six times now. Like, what, what do you think it takes?
1: You know, I, I would say my, my, uh, my uh, important uh, advice and, and learning I have is to be patient and not to be stressed. Uh, A startup requires a lot of, uh, you know, fighting, and and things we're going to be, you know, going up and down all the time, all the time. You never be, I never been in a position to ever like a smooth road and no, no, you know, crises uh, and all the kind of crises happen. And, you know, you need to be uh, resilient and not to be stressed too much. Uh, but be you know, think long, long term. Uh, that's my my thing. You know, thinking long term, not short term, thinking strategically, thinking about the value, and then you know, understanding all the ups and downs as just part of the business. Never get stressed, never get too, uh, too, uh, depressed about if This is a, a, a failure. Think failure is a part of success, not an opposite of success.
0: Love it, and uh. Where's the best place people can find out more about yourself and PixArt?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, there are, uh, I think there's there's a Wikipedia page uh, about me. Uh, There are multiple articles on TechCrunch about PixArt and there's LinkedIn. Uh, So I would recommend if the people really want to follow, I mean, there's a page on LinkedIn and there are PixArt page on LinkedIn where we regularly post News and updates. Uh, yeah, so I uh, welcome you, you know, you know uh, whoever is interested, you, they are welcome to follow us on, on the social media platforms uh, and or Twitter. Uh, and then, you know, got, we are very re- really active on other social media, posting regularly about news and updates. Yeah, that's what will be the best source.
0: Awesome. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, Havans. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much.